Welcome, folks, to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Levi Gerke. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I also have an Instagram and a Facebook. Just keeps you updated with all the new stuff that's coming out that I'm releasing, or just stuff in general, like where I'm going and hunting and all the roundabouts of what I do. Um, I sit down and talk with a wide variety of people about their life in the outdoors and life in general. I'm going to take a quick second and thank my great sponsor, Webfoot Waterfall. Go check them out. Luke does amazing work, very unique, and amazing lanyards. If and when you go to purchase a lanyard, uh, make sure to use the the code GOOSE15. Save yourself a little bit of money. Um, Thank you all for the great support. And for the people that are listening and new listeners, it's always amazing hearing and talking to new people. Um, It just helps out with uh, the day-to-day stuff that I do with this podcast. It's amazing what goes on. Um, Let's get into this episode. I hope you enjoy it while you are driving, working, sitting around the house. Who knows? Here we go. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Goose Gossip Podcast. And on the line today, I got Mallard Bay. Gentlemen, how does it go? <laughs> Thanks, Levi. Uh, this is Logan Moe, founder and president of Mallard Bay. Uh, with me, I'll let the guys introduce themselves as uh, two of our co-founders. Perfect. And Joel. Yeah, sure. Um, Joel Morrow, one of the co-founders, kind of help out with our marketing and finances. Perfect. And I, uh, Wyatt Mallet, one of the other co-founders and director of sales. Well, we're going to let the listeners know, bear with us. We got three guys hugging around one phone, so we're going to try our best <laughs> with this. And I think you boys will get it figured out. You guys you guys got to be pretty good friends sitting around one phone. I'm sure you guys are shoulder to shoulder. Oh, we're hugging, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys are just wrapped up. Probably should take a picture at the end of this. Uh, how's yeah. your guys' day been today? Any kind of exciting news? Anything going on with Mallard Bay that's in the motion that you guys can share right off the bat? Oh, man, having a great day. Uh, no big news in particular. I mean, maybe Joel might have some big news on some things we have in the works on the marketing side of things. Um, but but mainly, you know, our day-to-day grind kind of consists of just working uh, with our outfitters and, and, you know, setting up sportsmen on trips, uh, making sure that we're matching people with the best possible outfitter and um, making sure our customer service stays, you know, the best it can be. I think I should have started off with... Joel or one of you guys can kind of give like the viewers a rundown of what Mallard Bay is. You know, obviously you guys have it described as an Airbnb for the outdoorsman, but obviously, you know, your voice and opinion on it can be a lot more descriptive. If you could just dive into it, that'd be perfect. Yeah, sure. I'll just kind of give a, an overview of what Mallard Bay is. And yep. I guess, you know, after Logan could kind of go into how it started. Um, but essentially, you said it right. You know, we call ourselves the Airbnb for sportsmen. Um, so essentially, it's a, a marketplace for sportsmen to find guided hunting and fishing trips with outfitters and fishing charters all across the country. Um, so, you know, it's a two-sided marketplace. So as a sportsman, you can go on, search by state or species, um, you know, find an outfitter that you want to go with, find an available trip, see what dates, uh, you know, that they still have available see the pricing, all the information, and then make it a, uh, a request to book and place your deposit. Um, and then on the outfitter side, you know, it's, it's a place where you can display all of your information, showcase your trips, um, and then, you know, basically just market your listings and availability. Um, so you said you can pick by species? 
Correct. You can you can search by state or species, and we'll be adding um, different filtering and searches as we kind of uh, go uh, down that road. So it'd be like filter by date and, and species and area as well. We have a map feature um, that kind of shows you uh, the nation and in terms of where you like search by state or species, it'll show you that area. That's got to make it almost really easy for them, like, you know, the 41 or those hunt 41 type people, you know, where they want to hit all sorts of species, but they don't know where to look exactly, you know, but they're excited about the factor. Do you have like almost all 41 species like as an out or like that you could pick as um, an outfitter that's out there? Or have you not really distinguished like having all those species available at any kind of outfitter? Um, no, not quite yet. We don't have all of them, okay. um, but we have, I, I couldn't give you a number off the top of my head of how many of the species we do have. Um, but what's really cool is on each listing, when an outfitter setting up their page, we have a list of basically all the different hunting species that we've encountered so far and they can select those. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's actually a great point. That would be, um, you know, let's say one day we do have all the species, we could set up a challenge or something like that. That would be cool. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of just to, to piggyback off that, uh, we do do a lot of uh, exotic hunts as well. Okay. Um, so that basically, you know, there's one ranch we have that has 17 different species of exotics. So, you know, on that front, it's going to get, you know, up there really quick in terms of the amount of species we offer. Right. You know, Texas is a big industry for us in, in that regard. That's a big state where it has a lot of different species, even outside. So you guys are outside of even the waterfowl world then. No, we everything and anything that you want to hunt or fish, we have for you, or we can go find it. Do you guys have pheasants or pheasant reserves in out of South Dakota on your guys' outfitter list? Then, um, I'm not sure about South Dakota. Um, we do have upland game in Texas. We have upland in Louisiana. Um, there's a couple other states that have upland mm-hmm. game. Um, but I'm not. I'm not Probably positive about like ten one. states. I'm not sure about South Dakota, but I know there are some outfitters out there that mm-hmm. maybe haven't listed it with us yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know they have a bunch of stuff there. So do you guys wait till people reach out to you and you don't really dive out to outfitters or how does that kind of like communication work out as a, as a Mallard Bay app? I would say about 99% of it is us reaching out. Okay. Um, there has been a few outfitters that have just gone by themselves, not talked to anybody, um, and go sign up with our site. Um, but as far as, you know, like we can go back to like kind of the day to day, kind of what we do here. Um, you know, we have a sales team and we're constantly on the phone calling outfitters across the country. Um, you know, sometimes it's regionally specific. Sometimes it's it's species specific. It just depends on on what we're working on at the time. Um, but we'll reach out to them, you know, and pitching the idea and really become partners with them. That's a, a really big thing about us is unlike a booking agency, we're, we don't see an outfitter as a number. You know, we see them as a partnership. And right. The more we help you, the more you help us. It's just a lasting relationship, and that's what we, we care to do. So do you guys um, completely take the ease off of the outfitter then um, for the bookings that come through you guys, and you literally just notify them immediately? Or how does that work out? Is it is it still kind of a headache with booking through Mallard Bay? I'm not trying to stamp. I'm just trying to understand what it's like as an outfitter trying to get into it, you know? Yeah, so I could take that one, Levi, Perfect. and you know, kind of tell you how this all started. Um, basically what my experience was with the industry and and why I decided that this was a a solution that was needed. So I actually tried to book a trip for my dad and I to go to Oklahoma uh, with an outfitter. We were supposed to do uh, two duck hunts and one goose hunt. 
And so I had planned it as a surprise for his birthday and everything. I had to have his secretary help me kind of, you know, plan some of the, the aspects of the trip. And we go up there and it was just not what we expected. What was supposed to be three hunts turned into one. Um, and we killed one Canada goose uh, and duck season was kind of over. So it was it was just all around poor experience for, for me. And I just, you know, come from a background of if, you know, there's a problem that you're experiencing that you can come up with a solution to solve it and do that through technology. Um, my family background comes from uh, the waiter app, which is a, a mobile app for book, uh, booking. So used to saying that um, for, for ordering <laughs> food, for ordering food for delivery, which was in the Southeast. Cool. Um, and so that's where my background comes from. I, you know, did that since I was 16 and then did that also in school. Um, but, you know, I realized that if there was a way that can make it easier for outfitters, to accept and transact their bookings. And it takes, you know, currently, if you're not using a platform like Mallard Bay, it's taking you more than seven days to um, lock down those deposits. And I knew that if I could create a faster way to get those deposits in, then that would be an easier way for the outfitters to um, book their trips. So that's kind of how the story started and, and why we feel that this is such a, a good solution to the problem. And, you know, we really just want to save outfitters time and money. I think it's a very good thing that you guys started this because when I first talked to you guys and I kind of divulged into what you guys were doing like through social media and, you know, read a little bit about you and heard a lot of good things from you guys. And that's why I reached out to you because I could stand behind what you guys are doing because it, it, it's very helpful to the non-experienced eye of what is going on. You know, we are divulged in a, in a, in a world that surrounds ourselves with technology, especially apps. Um, People nowadays, I even I'll even say it myself. I'll be lazy as hell, and I mean, if I can click a few buttons and it's all like um, user friendly is the biggest thing, and especially with booking a hunt, that would make things a lot easier for people to get to the outdoors and enjoy it, you know, because they don't understand like emails or calling or they don't want to deal with that hassle because they've never done it, but they want to go hunting. Right, right, and I think something that we've learned in launching this company is that. A lot of these outfitters and fishing charters, especially during the middle of their like peak season, are so hard to get in touch with. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, that's a huge deterrent if you're someone that's looking to go on this trip or going on one for the first time. Um, and then on the flip side, it's a complete headache if you're an outfitter, right? Because you really just want to focus on the experience of the customers that are with you that day. And yeah. you're having to, you know, answer phone calls, people asking basic questions like, hey, what's the price of this trip? Where are y'all hunting? what dates are available. Um, so it, it just kind of takes the headache off of you on, on the whole booking process. Right. So to kind of go back to your question, like, so what is it like when a uh, booking comes through or something like that? Um, so basically someone can go in, place their deposit um, and, you know, they can see from the get go what dates are available and how many spots are open for each date. So that way, when you're receiving a request to book, um, you know that they're serious about booking. They have money down and all you have to do is go in and press approve. Um, at that point, you know, the outfitter and the sportsman are both going to get a notification via, you know, text or email. We connect them. They can either text on the platform. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's up to them to kind of coordinate the trip. And we're kind of along for the ride in case any conflicts come up or, you know, to make sure that everything went according to plan and you got the value that you paid for. That's that's very amazing. That's very amazing. Now back to like almost square one, but this is kind of like relaying off of this question is how many trials and errors 
did you guys run through with this app and like <laughs> communication wise like because it's yeah, i mean it's a three-way communication app if you really think about it what back to the square one question what how many trials and errors did this app develop before it actually went public yeah so i can kind of take that uh i i'd just be straight up honest with you it is not easy to to build a product like this i bet um, not <laughs> <laughs> and uh especially when you're doing it um on a just a brass tax level of the code and and all the technology you know it's a very one expensive but also too kind time consuming and you know i started this when i was in school um right around the time of covid so i did have a little bit more flexibility when that happened um but one of the things that makes it easier is is bringing on guys like joel and wyatt um people that uh, you know, I never really expected to start a company with uh, whenever I was doing it by myself or with me and just one other person. But, you know, I always knew that I'd find those people to be involved. Um, so, Absolutely. you know, we had, yeah, we had a couple soft launches that, you know, didn't go according to plan. The product didn't work like we it was supposed to. We weren't creating relationships with outfitters like we had planned. And so you kind of take all those things that you learn and and really kind of go from there and like hey how can we make improvements and we're constantly doing that with the product as a whole um and you know joel and white can kind of tell how tell you how they got involved i'm not going to speak for them but um <laughs> our we have pretty unique stories that's awesome because i mean like you said it's so hard for something of that like um magnitude you know because it is a very powerful app and there's i don't i mean if you could do it by yourself, I mean, you'd have to be one straight fella or have nothing else but just that, you know, and somebody that's trying <laughs> to start something up, you know, you have a day job or like you said, you're in school. So it's great that you found those people that are like minded. And obviously, you know, whatever you are a weakness in, which isn't a bad thing, they have a strong suit in. And that's why it's like when I ask these questions, I can see how you guys work so well together, even just within this conversation that you guys can take parts of it and you guys work together greatly as a factor of like you take this like even in the outside world with your guys's app so that's very genuine you know and somebody that's listening to this they should really like okay these guys got their ducks in a row you know <laughs> pun intended to say yep. the least <laughs> or go goose goose gooses in a row that makes you know so, oh, geese yeah geez wow look at i run a podcast and i barely know how to Called talk sometimes <laughs> So how long have you guys been friends? Has it been the entire time of this Mallard Bay or have you guys known each other since like you guys were in diapers or is that even not even a so, question? I guess, well, for me and Logan's case, almost, um, I guess we can go ahead and talk about how, how me and Joel got on with Mallard Bay. Cool. Um, for me, uh, so I met Logan in seventh grade. Um, Logan's dad had actually bought the late Charles Swashbucklers, uh, oh, wow. basically arena football team. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, was, was sending Logan to the school I was at and, and said, Hey, you know, we're new here, kind of met my dad and we became friends right off the bat. Um, and then around sophomore year of high school is when waiter was born. Um, when me and Logan were 16 and, and his dad started it in my living room and my dad was one of the first investors and we were, you know, four and five employees, four and five, a waiter delivering food. Um, so me and Logan, we go way back in seventh grade and then, uh, this past April um, is whenever he contacted me about Mallard Bay and he had just brought yeah, just year. Yeah. Yeah. Just this past, you know, April, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and I can go ahead and hand it off to Joel. Cause then it's you and then. Mm -hmm. back to, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I'd kind of mutually known 
Logan, uh, you know, just through friends, met him at LSU. Um, but, you know, to go back a little bit on, on my background, um, you know, I was born and raised in South Louisiana and a family, um, you know, my dad was a huge fisherman, kind of grew up, grew up hunting a little bit. Um, and not, I guess not necessarily as much as I would have wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we, we got out of our family lease and, and whatnot and found plenty of weekends where, you know, um, just kind of sitting on the sidelines itching to go hunt. Um, and I never really knew about guided hunts. I, I knew they were a thing, but I thought they were either way too expensive or you had to know somebody to get in on one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess it really resonated with me from the beginning, like knowing what he was doing and what he was working on. Um, and then, you know, kind of on the side, my uncle owns an exotic ranch in West Texas and he's actually one of the outfitters and investors in our uh, platform. Um, so, you know, it, long story short, when I found out what Logan was working on, um, just with my experience with waterfowl hunting and also, you know, helping out my uncle on his exotic ranch, I was like, damn, this guy's onto something, you know, like this is something that I want to be a part of. And especially, you know, knowing his family and their background and their success with building marketplace and platform apps. I was like, okay, yeah, let me get on with this. So we had a finance class together and I would just kind of stay after class and kind of pick his brain, offer up some tips on social media and different like competitions and giveaways that they could maybe run. Um, so, you know, came on board with him probably at the end of fall of 2020. And, you know, we kind of rode that out through, uh, through the spring. We did a like pitch competition at, at LSU um, out of like 60 companies, made it to the final three, ended up um, winning a little bit of money and also, you know, gained some more clarity on our idea, on our idea, uh, used that money to go raise a big investment round. And, you know, that's also when around the time when Wyatt came on and um, he can kind of attest to, I guess, you know, building out the team from there and, you know, kind of where we're, where we've gone and maybe even where we're headed. Awesome. Wyatt. Yeah. I mean, you know, since <laughs> April, so Logan brought me on, he came up to me one day and, and, he was like, look, man, you know, I, I need you to lead sales, you know, kind of direct the business side. And, and I mean, man, look, I've never met a shy person. I, I've never been shy in my life. I've never met a stranger, <laughs> you know, um, and Logan knows that. <laughs> and uh, but from there, man, you know, we, we took it, me, Joel and I, and then also our Logan, Joel and I, and also Tam, our fourth co-founder, um, you know, worked on things, product development, that kind of thing throughout the summer. Um, and at that point, I mean, we were just cold calling outfitters. I mean, it was just, hey, look, you know. We're a brand new idea. Uh, basically, take a chance on us, you know. Um, and one of our first outfitters that we got, uh, Jokes Bayou Hunting Lodge up in Bastrop, uh, they actually um, they did very well for us this season. They were they were one of those guys where it's like, hey, look, you know, we need your help. We need your advice. You know, what do you want as an outfitter? How can we improve your your life? You know, and they they were very helpful to us. Um, got a lot of advice from them. Cool, but uh. As far as building the rest of the team, you know, we started bringing on sales guys in uh, August, September. Um, and, you know, these guys are all of our friends and and talk about work together, man. You know, we really piggyback off of each other. We, you know, like you were saying, weaknesses and strengths, right? We all have them, yep. you know, and we all work very well as a team. And, you know, we're a well-oiled machine. That was going to be my next. <laughs> Dang it. You took my saying away. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> uh, no, it just like I said, like you just said as well, like it just talking to you guys in this first like 20 minutes it just seems like you guys work really well together obviously there's hardships in every day of life and obviously running a business that i imagine you guys are at the younger age and that's no disrespect but obviously you guys want growth and when all of you guys have the same script of growth that has to make things a lot easier um 
now my next question while while you guys were talking i was thinking about it and it is you guys can take it each one of you if you want um each individually like why do you guys what do you enjoy the most about starting this business like like was it just so exciting or has it been just an absolute like effort the entire time or has there been times where it's like wow this is actually happening and i'm enjoying life to the fullest yeah i can i can take that one to start and i'll let each of uh wyatt and Joel say something too uh man you know one of the most important things to me and and why i love to do mallard bay and you know why i started this business in general is you know i go back to when i was five years old hunting with my dad big honkers west texas with a bb gun and you know <laughs> i i just I, I literally fell in love with it from the day i've started hunting and you know i've always been a waterfowl hunter um you know joel's a little more on the fishing side not gonna hold it against him but oh, uh <laughs> no <I'm> just kidding <laughs> but um but basically i wanted to do something in an industry that i could you know go hunting and fishing every day if i wanted to right. um and other than becoming a guide and taking the skills that i have i don't have those skills necessarily uh but we we kind of just started it from there is is just the love for the outdoors and that passion kind of drove us to to start this so yeah so your passion is still still there and you've found it you know and this is like you said like you didn't have like you didn't want maybe to do the whole guiding thing but now here's still the same love you know like that's that's kind of what i'm doing but i mean we don't need to talk about myself somebody take the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean uh i can kind of i agree a lot with what logan said in that like you know if you are working a job in this industry in the outdoor industry getting to hunt all the time then it's hard to say you're even working that much right like right. if you love it so much and and i feel like that's kind of what bonds us together as a team to some extent. Like um, when we go on a work trip to go meet an outfitter or something like that, like there's nothing better than that working with your friends, but also, you know, working on a new idea that's going to actually help and improve the industry and get new people out there in the fields. Right. So I would say that's one thing I'm actually like proud of what I'm doing. I feel like it's something that needs to be done. And, you know, hopefully something that ends up being very big, but even more so it's the relationships that we built. Like, you know, I am getting to hop on the phone with outfitters or people I never would have thought I'd be talking to. Like, you know, I, I know one of the first days, <clears throat> you know, I, I might find myself talking to like a, uh, you know, Kodiak bear hunting outfitter in Alaska or something. And I've got, you know, me from <laughs> South Alaska, I have to act like I know what I'm talking about, but you know, <laughs> right. you're learning on the spot and then, <clears throat> Also, just getting to work with a ton of different content creators um, over the past year, like that's been so fun. Getting to work and hunt with guys like Grant Rinkin, Jaden Sanchez, Louis Barrett, um, you know, interacting with guys like Joel Bo Jones and all kinds of guys across the industry that I've followed for a while. And now they're actually, you know, kind of a part of, of making this thing well known and growing. So I'd say the biggest thing for me is uh, the relationships that are being built and knowing the ones that I'll have a year from now. Um, will be very different. So that that's personally my favorite thing. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to what Joel said, you know, it, it's all about what you love, right? And if you love to work, it's not really work. And, you know, on my side is, is for me, you know, it's, it's nice building something from, from scratch, right? You know, and seeing it grow and seeing it work and operate the way it's been doing. Um, and another big thing for me is, you know, selling something with a noble purpose. You know, it's not just a, we sell this because we love it. You know, this is, this is what we do. And, um, you know, going back to, like I said earlier, you know, unlike a booking agency, it, it's the partnership and it's the relationship you build with these outfitters. And, you know, you're talking to them every other day and, and just, you know, 
hunting with them or fishing with them or, or whatever. It's just building that long lasting relationship um, with someone that's just so important in this industry. That's awesome. It's it's just like that kind of question. I mean, it just divulges and helps like the people that are listening, like understand why you guys started it. Cause like your pure love is still with hunt, the hunting and the outdoors and, and all vicinity, you know, fishing, hunting and all things of that nature. Now, so these outfitters, are they pretty welcoming to the factor? Like, so when you do those cold calls, was there a lot of no's? I, I'd about imagine it was a fighting battle at first. And then once you got a train going, was it almost kind of easier being a salesperson calling those cold calls? So uh, it definitely has gotten a little bit easier from the start. Um, I mean, it from at least me starting, I mean, my first, I would say probably five calls were just no because it was hey, I have the same people book every year, sorry, or we they just didn't know about us yet. Um, but we have built a very strong presence on Instagram. That's helped us a lot. People know who we are. People see us through our advertisements and attraction. Um, but, you know, I mean, the ones that were, were with us right ahead are the guys that are still with us. You know, they're the guys that we yeah. talk to all the time. We've, we've created those relationships with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, it wasn't easy, but definitely a little bit easier now. The reason, yeah. the reason I asked, sorry to cut you off, but just the reason I try to bring that up is because like nowadays people, they give up just because it knows, you know, like it's just the effort that like when, once you try to start something new, especially like business wise or just in general in life, like you just have to keep trying, you know, like there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way to wiggle yourself into something, you know, there's always something that can be done. Yeah. And, and kind of just piggybacking off what Wyatt said, like, Back in the the start of this thing, when I was trying to figure out what the exact problem was, uh, yeah, I experienced a lot of no's and a lot of, you know, you're, this is never going to work. This is, you know, people have tried to do this before and people have tried to do this before and there are other people trying to do it. And I understand that uh, our, our goal is to to be better. And, you know, what we experienced from that was that it only takes one yes to That's understand true. and bring value to these guys, these outfitters, you can save them time, you can save them money. And once we actually started doing that and you know, you have one, it kind of just goes from there. It, right. It's, and I mean, I'll let yeah. Wyatt talk about it too, Rachel. I mean, you know, back to what we were saying with that, these guys, um, you know, uh, go ahead, Joel, you can go ahead and take that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, you're good. Sometimes it gets like I'll that. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Perfect. No, I mean, what I was going to say is I think part of what has made it easier, um, you know, from just straight up cold calling outfitters from, you know, Google, um, is that we're getting better at qualifying our leads. Mm -hmm. And also, like, um, we've revised our sales pitch, right? Where we're not coming out of the gates like, hey, look, this is our new software product and what we're doing. It's all about you know, relationship building from the second you get them on the phone, hearing about their season, understanding, you know, what went wrong, what went right. Um, and then, you know, also is looking at outfitters in the industry that, you know, seem like they would understand and resonate with our idea. Maybe they're advertising dates openly on Instagram. Like they already do a lot of their bookings on social media or something like that. And then third is, you know, we're doing very, you know, good work for some of our outfitters. And then, they go ahead and give us a warm introduction to one of their friends in another state um, or maybe a fishing charter that they've been with before. And that makes it so much easier when there's someone that that outfitter already trusts that introduced them to us. Um, you know, I guess it, it definitely makes it easier than just going in completely blind. 
And I, I remember what I was going to say now. So, <laughs> so one thing, one thing I found that's been pretty easy or uh, very helpful is the more we talk to these guys, the better, because we want to make them feel like, I mean, this is a friendly conversation, right? Right. You know, we're not just trying to sell you something, write you down and, and, and turn move the page. On. Right? Yeah. Never, right. never talk to you again. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I've been on phone calls where, you know, it's been a 45 minute phone call and it's a no all the way through. And then the last 30 seconds is, Hey, look, you know, let us work with you. Give us some time, you know, at no cost to you, we can help you out. And, you know, if you have a cancellation, we'll put you up that kind of thing. You know, it's one of those where you just got to work them out a little bit and get past the initial thought of we're just a booking agency. I've talked to plenty of you. You are all the same. You know what I mean? We're really trying to do something new and better for the hunting industry. And I feel like a lot of people in the outdoors, especially people that run outfitters, they're pretty thick skinned people. So you're, you're, <laughs> your salesman people got to, be able to like get off of the beaten path a few times, you know? And that's why like oh. you guys are saying like, you just need to be there for them as a conversation because, you know, as an outfitter, they, as an owner, as an outfitter, all that goes through their head is numbers, numbers, numbers during the season, you know? And if, if they usually don't have anybody asking them like, Hey, how's your season going or something like that, which they probably do, but it's good that you guys sit there and actually try to make a friendship with them rather than right off the bat. Like, Hey, this is how much it's going to cost you. This is uh, this is who I am. Um, are you interested? <laughs> you know. No, I mean you couldn't have, you couldn't have better you know said it better yourself. I mean it's a it's a sort of hey, how's your day? You know, how's your season? Right. You know, what have you have you done anything to improve your lodge or just you know how are things going kind of thing? You want to initially make that that friendship with them. So now, what's the like the levitation? for the next like step for Mallard Bay. Um, do you guys have any ideas? Obviously you probably can't share them. So it's kind of a broad question, but is there any ideas of like branching out past of like the, the app that you have now? Is there like an, another step that could like that a bright idea that you guys have thought of that could like push you guys to the next level? Cause you said, somebody said that there is like competition out there for Mallard Bay. So is there stuff that's constantly on your guys's mind of what to do next? Yeah. Uh, that that's something that is constantly on on my mind uh, every day is is how can we make sure that we're building a better product for the future and offering you know our outfitters new products. Our goal is to offer our outfitters a suite of tools in which it makes it easier for them to save time and money. We differentiate ourselves from the competitor uh, on you know a multitude of levels, and you know our next steps really are going into the the mobile app space and also you know, making a better connection to take in and curate the leads that outfitters already have, give them an easier way to rebook their current clients through us and make it all mutually beneficial and, you know, help them save the time and money that they can, uh, you know, uh, integrating with their, with their current solutions as well, you know, whether they're using Google Calendar, Apple Calendar, that sort of thing. Right. Um, we take everything we've kind of learned and are putting it into our new products and, and new developments going forward for next season. That's awesome. Like I said, I mean, uh, there's no way to like actually like, share what you guys are doing because I would just squash any of you guys' like mischievous ways of getting a, a t on top of the next competitor. But I will say the cool way that I found out about you guys and your company is through Jaden. And not like Jaden didn't say, hey, look at Mallard Bay, but he, he made that video or whatever because me and uh -huh. Jaden are good friends. And I was like, what the heck is Mallard Bay? And then like that that short video that he made, I was like, 
okay, that's like really cool. Like that, like I didn't know that you could <laughs> like go and book a hunt through an <laughs> app. Like, like what? This has my interest like really fast. And his video was pretty astronomical. Oh, yeah. Like cool as hell. Like shout out to Jaden. <laughs> no, I love Jaden. He's like, he's cool as shit. Yeah. No, I, I love Jaden. So what, so what's like, do you guys have like throughout the season? So obviously kind of the season is like wrapped up for like, um, you know, Canada geese and ducks, obviously across the board. So do you guys chase the, chase the birds during the flyway throughout the whole year or is everybody together? Like that, like during the season is your grind time for the, for the actual app. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. And the, the main thing is, is kind of trying to get ahead of, of every season that comes up, especially when you're offering such a wide range of species, you know, we have to have dedicated guys to work in a specific region area. You know, we're not out there. We're all in Baton Rouge, you know, working on the company together. And so, you know, we have every opportunity to get out of each season coming up because we know the dates. So if we talk about spring snow goose, uh, turkey hunting, that sort of thing. Like that's what we're focusing on now. And then we have fishing that we're also simultaneously focusing on while, while that's going on. And, you know, it's kind of an endless cycle. And then, you know, once fishing season kind of starts to go away, then we'll start focusing back on waterfowl season. And right now, a big focus of ours is booking dates for next season for waterfowl already. Uh, that's a huge business driver for us. We think it's a great advantage for the outfitters to use us to get that because they get the money that they need up front. And, you know, everything's kind of taken care of on that end. I imagine that, like, even during the off season, you guys are a push to come to shove. Not push to come to shove, but there's a lot of push on your guys' business. Like, to get, like you just said, like, they can get that upfront cost on their off season to repair, upscale, you know, re-renovate the lodge or anything of that nature. So I really think that much more easier for a person to, you know, book a hunt, especially during the off season um is a very great revenue as well for you guys um my next question is on mallard bay does it kind of give like you know so reels and photography really blew up the last year two years as you guys know now when they on the outfitter like when you click on the outfitter does it kind of give you a rundown of like pictures and videos and little things like that on the outfitter inside the app yeah so currently the outfitter has the uh ability to go on and upload as many pictures as they want high quality, high resolution images, uh, put all the description and everything that, you know, they want to feature about their outfitter. We don't currently offer video, but it's something that, you know, we're going to have in literally the next couple of weeks. We had a dev meeting about it yesterday Okay. because, you know, that's something that we believe is huge and is actually part, a huge part of our social media strategy and success is like, um, you know, people want to really place themselves in the blind before they go on the trip and like, you know, they, it, it, those are the type of videos and experiences that get them excited enough to take out their wallet and actually go and book the trip. So Absolutely. the more, you know, quality content like that, that we can put on our page, the better. So the outfitter creates a profile and they can manage and see everything that's going on inside Mallard Bay's app with their own profile. Like it's a business profile. Like somebody has to make a profile to be a customer and the outfitter makes like a business profile to promote what their their business is then right so every outfitter has their own page um so like for instance with with the sales team so when they so say sale sell the account we'll make an initial outfitter page for them 
And then we have a step-by-step process for the outfitters to create their listings. Okay. Um, of course, we will do that for them. But we have, you know, videos and all kinds of we'll hop on a Zoom call or do anything we can to help them understand the way the admin page works. And, you know, we made that in-house um, so they can, like Joel was saying, they can customize their listings. Um, they can actually directly message clients, uh, update their availability, uh, all those kind of sorts of things, you know, that they can they can run for the inside. So now yeah. each outfitter that wants to be on there, is there a criteria? I think that's the correct word that they have mm-hmm. to have to responsibly and like professionally like be on Mallard Bay and so you don't have just any Joe Schmo saying they're an outfitter how do you how do you pronounce that um inside there when they do you like approve each outfitter yeah so there, there's a couple ways that we verify an outfitter and Perfect. a I lot of that word. yeah right a lot of that comes through social media I mean simply searching an outfitter's name on Facebook could tell you a lot about them and that's not just looking up their Facebook profile that's saying like anybody who has mentioned this outfitter on Facebook we can see that and so we use that you know on every single one of our outfitters to to verify hey these guys are offering really nice trips and you know that's even going to go further when we go out to outfitters and use their services use their lodging actually verify and have a premium level of outfitter on Mallard Bay. And that kind of comes with next season. If you think, talk about waterfowl. Yeah. Uh, and, and to kind of piggyback off of that, like <clears throat> when an outfitter goes and, you know, let's just say they find our link and they set up the, an account completely on their own. Um, that outfitter page is not live and ready to book until one of our guys goes and actually approves the listing. Um, so everybody that's live on our site, we've either had, you know, hunted with them or fished with them directly had several you know 30 minute hour long conversations with them or know someone very well that has hunted with them or another outfitter recommended them to or to us or something like that so you know that's currently the, the main vetting process but like logan alluded to we have a plan of over the next two years hunting or fishing with every single one of our outfitters on the platform or at least as many that we can and the outfitters are very open to the factor of you guys coming in and obviously, you know, they're open to maybe the factor of even you guys hunting to, so they can, so you guys can see the experience and they're very open to that factor of the business side of it. Like them being so welcoming for you guys to come and see what they're actually doing. Cause it's like, almost like in a, in a sense, like an interview and all of them are pretty cool about it in a sense. Yeah. I mean, everyone we've encountered has been, um, and that goes really back to building that relationship with them. Yep. Um, and, you know, when we go, we bring cameras, we bring, you know, we make, uh, videos, we take photos. Um, we put that kind of stuff on our Instagram. Um, you know, like say if we go hunt, uh, let's say jokes, friends, we'll go hunt at jokes. We'll put up stories. Hey, you know, the Mallard Bay team is here at jokes. Um, you know, we're hunting ducks or whatever. And, and that kind of thing, you know, we kind of use it as a marketing thing, um, for these guys as well. Um, we just went and hunted actually in Amarillo a few weeks ago with Prairie Bomb, uh, outfitters up there in Amarillo and we had an awesome goose hunt and, uh, you know, we're videoing and and pictures and everything else. And it's just fun, man. You know, it's like a fun trip for all of us. So here's another thing that I think what's great about what you guys doing. And it's kind of like funny. It's not funny, but I just did an episode with a guy literally before this one will be published. And we were sitting there talking like, you know, the younger generation or people that want to like get into waterfowl and they don't have the knowledge and they want it like literally right now. And all they get is no's and not answers from Instagram stars or anything of that nature. Uh, we were sitting there talking like, you know, go pay for a guided hunt just once, you know, and while you're there, 
ask a million questions and there's your knowledge. You are paying for knowledge and you get an experience. So back to what I'm saying is, is Mallard Bay is a great revenue for those people that want to see it because you guys are actually going there, seeing if they're reputable, seeing if they're nice, seeing if they're actually a really good outfitter for somebody to go see. So that's like another thing. And I don't know if you guys have ever thought of it that way, but it, I literally had that conversation on the last episode. Yeah. And I can kind of take that. I mean, it, kind of all goes back to, to my original story of starting my whole out or not outfitting career, but my whole hunting career at an outfitter, right? Uh, that the act of bringing the industry to the youth and, and kind of going to where they are rather than trying to just expect them to come to you. Like, you know, they really have to be taught on a very personal level and you have to like want to do it and you have to, you know, embrace the suck, so to speak. If you if you want to be out there in the cold, uh, all of that stuff, it it really is important in these next 15 years, just in general, to get more people in more more youth into the waterfowl industry, specifically hunting in general, because there's a very large population of adults that are going to basically phase out of their hunting career in the next 15 years. And, you know, that's revenue for outfitters. That's revenue for you know, any sort of business in the outdoor industry. And if you're not, you know, focused on, and, and, you know, one of your whys of why you started the company isn't to get youth involved in, in the industry and you're kind of missing the mark. That's kind just of, kind of my two cents. Yeah. You're almost kind of like bankrupting your own self. If you don't think the youth is a valuable like revenue, you know, and it, it's, it's not all about revenue. Like it, it really solely is like, I will say it first though, is like waterfowl has opened my eyes about like teaching me so many things like patience. <laughs> if you don't have patience, waterfowl will teach you patience. You know, that's like one of the biggest things in life, you know, but no, there's just so much to waterfowl that opens up eyes and it's not just waterfowl. It's outdoors in general, fishing, hunting, big game fish. It's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, the, the only reason I use waterfowl as an example is because like that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. And it, it, it you're right. It goes to all all sides of the spectrum, every species that's out there. You want to bring youth in and you want to give them a chance to to be like, hey, I either like this or I don't like this. And I'm not saying it's for everybody because it's definitely not for everybody. But like you said, that one, you know, two hundred dollars, maybe they have money saved up. They go pay for a two hundred and fifty dollar trip. Uh, you know, something like that. They can get equipment and, and everything together. It it kind of takes the the pressure off of the, right. the you know, father or whoever's taking them, grandpa, what whoever wants them to go. It kind of takes the pressure off the whole situation um, and really gives them the best chance at a successful hunt, which if you have a successful hunt your first time and or semi-successful, semi not just one that sucks, but, you know, you're going to have a better chance of, them falling in love with it that's very true and like i said it's like the youth is like the most like best way to attack like um getting people outdoors you know because you can get like you know people our age into the outdoors but to like like get them completely on board you know they they you gotta really really fix them into what's going on but like as a younger mind their mind is still growing. So it's a lot, it's not easier to fool them by any means, but it's like, it might be what they're meant to be to do, you know? So it's, it's great. And back to the square one thing, what I'm saying about youth is like, say that youth person doesn't even know that there's a, 
a lodge or an outfitter in their state and they can open up your guys's app and they're like wow there's an outfitter 20 miles from me and i never knew about it you know yeah no exactly and i think that's part of my story i guess and why i resonate with Malibu so much is like like i said like i, I was into waterfowl hunting growing up but we were kind of in like you know uh, a, a shitty lease and i just yeah. like the actual <laughs> fact of waking up early in the morning like you know, seeing the sunrise, being with all, my dad and all his friends, hearing their jokes and whatnot. And, you know, every once in a while when I got to shoot at a bird, it was pretty fun, right? But, you know, when I finally got to go on a guided hunt, when I think I was 17 years old, which very ironically was on a waterway called Mallard Bay, which is right next to where Logan's outfitter is now, um, that I can finally say is when I, like, really fell in love with waterfowl hunting, right? Because, like, it was a completely different experience realizing, um, you know, for one, how much this guy had to teach us um, and, and seeing how much actual preparation went into a successful hunt, right. watching him and his dog work and seeing how passionate he was about like telling us everything that he was doing. Um, it, it was, you know, I was just, I was just hooked after that. So, uh, so is that how the name started then? Or the name, the name got created is the, is the location you just spoke of? Yeah. So there is, there is a real, place called mallard bay in louisiana and is directly adjacent to my family's property in Gaydon, louisiana um find us on mallard bay piro hunting and fishing lodge um all of our dates just open for for next season and uh this is our first year and, and we've done you know very well and we we do moist soil management all of the proper ways to you know farm for ducks that that we can in in the area and so we feel that we offer a, a great chance at uh, all of the species, mainly, you know, pintail. I'm not, we're definitely not killing mallards and get on Louisiana. I'll tell you that right now, <laughs> but, <laughs> but speckle bellies, pintail, teal, you know, that's what we got. And so, you know, you can find us on Mallard Bay, just look in Louisiana or, or search uh, by species there as well. Awesome. I will say I've, when I was working on the road for three years, I met some really cool people that were from Louisiana. Cause I mean, every, when I was working on the road, nobody from the state that we were working in actually lived there. And I met some three guys from Louisiana and oh my gosh, were their accents heavy. And they're like, you need to come down here. You need to come down here. And it's like, I was like, I love seafood and they, uh, I don't know. I need to reach down to Louisiana. And if I, I get down there, I'm going to have to give you guys a call and, and run into you boys. Cause I mean, I, that's all that's going through my head is like, I want to go to Louisiana bad. Like Louisiana is a <laughs> yeah. cool state. You're, you're invited. So come on. Perfect. I basically was trying to invite myself. Did you guys hear that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm not like you'll, that. You'll like the lodge and everything too. It's, uh, it's a, a premium experience. Well, I think the premium experience is me having jumbo or gumbo and like big <laughs> shrimp like that's where i'd get food, i love the food. the food yeah you, you guys seen pictures of me I'm a, yeah see have you guys seen pictures of me i'm a i'm a bigger dude i like food you know yeah i understand i don't know so you, you guys had a good season this year all across the board for all three of you guys like had a very good season was very happy with the way that birds were harvested and everything of that nature like besides business wise was your guys season fun this year you know, that's a that's a very interesting question, mainly because I think that in all areas, this season was kind of a little confusing. It was a little was. bit tougher. And, and, you know, I'm not going to come out here and say, oh, dude, it was a banger because you know, <laughs> it was tough because, because it was just in general tough all around. You know, you'll have birds one day 
and then they're freaking gone. Like at the beginning of a cold front, they come in, they're there. And you're like, all right, we're going to hammer them in the morning. You get there, no birds. And you're like, what the hell? Right. Like, I just feel like that every outfitter, as long as they're putting in their, their best effort to get after the birds, you know, you can only control what's, what you can control. Exactly. Like, it, it is just, it's just one of those things that sometimes you get them. And they do it stupid, and sometimes you just look stupid. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> but that's but that's the beauty of hunting, right? You know, right. That's, that's you got that love for it. You got to have that love to be able to sit in a blind and freeze your ass off in the morning and kill nothing. You know, right. I mean, it's that it's the whole experience, right? I've always said, if every time that we went out, it was an absolutely amazing experience. By the third or fourth amazing experience, and it just kept on going hunting would get boring because it's the four terrible times in a month or something like that or in a week and then you have that one banger hunt quotation marks and that's why it's so amazing it's because you sat there through (laughs) countless hours of setting stuff up and nothing was working and then the one time it does work on that saturday or sunday it makes so much sense why we love it you know yeah exactly like i I know for one one of my favorite hunts of the whole year was opening weekend of, of ducks in Kansas. And me and Logan went with two of our giveaway winners. We were hunting with split wing outfitters with um, Louis Barrett, Jaden Sanchez, Grant Rankin. And like that second day, I think we shot like one duck, but really? it was favorite hunts of the whole year. Cause you know, we were just clowning around the whole time, like, you know, telling jokes and, and, and that, we, we showed up all as strangers and left as great friends. And I think that's, you know, that's the what true way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what you're trying to achieve when you're going on some of these guided hunts, but you know, really what you're looking for in a hunting experience. So, um, no, I, I agree hundred percent. And like a hunt like that makes all of the other ones where they do do it right, where all the preparation does come into play and you have a successful hunt all the more worth it. Yeah. I've been talking like really highly and it's like, so I, when I ask that question, you know, it's, immediately thought of like even in my eyes like number wise but i mean like back to square one it's like the camaraderie like the trips that you go on and then the little laughs and like this little snapchats you save on your phone like those ones are priceless you know like you kill hundreds of ducks or 10 ducks each year or whatever but i'm sorry those are thrown away in the trash and everything but the laughs and the memories with your best friends those will last literally forever and especially with photography those photos will last you know, until we pass away or we're 90 years old sitting around a fire with all the other buddies just sitting there laughing about it. That shit just like fires me up, you know? Oh, definitely. And, you know, as far as like my season went, you know, I hunted more times this season than I have in any other season of my life. That's, you know, for me. It really makes me appreciate everything going on. And as far as the whole experience goes, and you'll see it in Piro when you come down next season. I mean, man, you know, this is the first season Piro ran guided hunts. And I would say 80% of the time we had clients there, one, someone from the Mallard Bay team was there to host. And just meeting these people that come from, you know, different states and different areas and, and you know, having a beer with them, having a cigar with them and just talking and, and learning what they do and, and just the camaraderie of it all is, is that's what makes it worth it. You know, you can you can have all that and not kill a single bird. You can still have a great time, you know. Exactly. That's the exact way to think about it. And I think a lot of people need to get onto that that script but there's always like that talk about like waterfowl is like kind of like a slowly like a stage you know you have your stages of like it's just kill 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 and then like you know you can jump to the stage of like 
oh my gosh, like, let's just soak this in, you know, the sun rises, the sun sets, the laughs, all of that nature. But I will say when I come down to Louisiana, it'll be fun because the mixer I had before could only fit four mics. Now I can do six, which it doesn't seem like a lot, but I can tell you one thing when you do a podcast in person, which you guys have probably touched base with, with all you guys is traveling, but it is a blast. So I can't wait to bring that down to Louisiana and just have a hoot. Dude, that that's going to be fun. I can't wait, man. I and, think we uh, could do up to like eight people if we really wanted to. Oh, really? <laughs> that that get a little hectic, but I think we could make it happen. I don't know if it'd be as coordinated as our effort was here, but uh, right. Hey, if I can, <laughs> if we can do a podcast with one guy and a mic and three guys surrounded by one phone, I think we can do eight <laughs> people on six mics. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> so, have you guys all lived in Louisiana your whole entire life? Then, I I'm the only one that has not. I oh, okay. grew, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, in a, a little bubble town called South Lake, and um, you know, come from very uh, humble beginnings in terms of like you know what my parents did. My dad was always an entrepreneur, and my mom was a nurse, and um, these two guys both have been in Louisiana their whole life. Yeah, what's Lake like, Charles, Lafayette. What's like one of the coolest things about Louisiana? Uh, there's so many, man. Oh gosh, there's not <laughs> so just one. I think the the coolest thing about Louisiana, if I had to pick just one, is you can go pretty much anywhere and find a friend. You know, find somebody that's got that that genuine Southern hospitality that yeah. will make you laugh and hold the door open for you. That kind of thing. Just the the quality of people we you know have down in Louisiana is just incredible. All respect and literally no disrespect, none of you guys have a th- southern accent at all. Like, because I've met a lot of people from Louisiana, like I said, and you would know, you know, you would know. And I've heard I've got a Dakota na- or Dakota accent. I don't know what that means, but I'll just run with it, I guess. There is, yeah, we, yeah, we got a, we got a, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of northern. Yeah, we, we definitely know a couple guys with a heavy accent. We'll, when when you come down to Louisiana, we'll have to get uh, our kind of resident guide at, at my place, uh, John Nuger, on on the on the line. He'll uh, he'll tell you some stories and make you Ooh, laugh. Yeah, you might have to edit some things out. So, so do you guys get into the alligator hunting down in Louisiana? Yeah, we we actually do alligator hunting on at our place. Um, alligator season for us is like September, and so we get allotted a certain amount of tags uh, by the area. And, is that, um, is that, that fun? Way. Is it really fun? Oh, it's awesome. Wyatt actually. Yeah. So the, I actually, I, I killed my first gator this year. It was a nine footer. Oh um, man, I was, I was all jammed up about it and everything else. And a week later, Logan's dad calls me and John killed a 10 and a half a week later. <laughs> so my dinosaur got by a bigger dinosaur, I guess. <laughs> but man, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it wasn't like you see like on Swamp People, right? Like right. we weren't in the on checking lines. I mean, we we literally rigged up marinated chicken on a line on the side of you know the bank, and we came back to it, and that line's taut, and there's one on it, you know. And it's a uh, it's one of those things where it's like, man, you know, somebody's pulling that line, you got to shoot, you got to hit them in that sweet spot, and it's it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, you got a you got a dinosaur in front of you, right? Right. I don't know. But all in all, I mean, it's it's fun. I think the way that I'd want to do it, if it's possible, you can cut me off. I want to do it the way that Swamp People, that one guy, he has that big silver boat and he would see bubbles and he'd take that huge, huge treble hook and just, you know, try to snag them. I think that'd be the most fun way to do it. And I would, oh, I'd, it'd rile me up if I could do that. 
Oh, it, it would be very intense, man. We could we could see if we fun that kind of thing around Gaydon. If, if we if we can wear some cowboy hats and say we're cowboys by wrangling a alligator down in Louisiana. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of cowboy or alligator wrangling cowboys, but <laughs> there is none. There is none. You know cool. That is true. We do ride them only on Tuesday. <laughs> only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays. <laughs> so do you guys do timber hunting down in Louisiana then? Is that what your guys' lodge is down in Louisiana? Is it timber hunting? So our lodge is not timber. We're okay. uh flood on, flood off uh marsh, basically. Cool. Um and up north in North Louisiana where Jelks is actually is where we do more of the, the timber hunting over there. Um so up north northeast Louisiana has a lot more timber areas, is you know, a lot closer to Arkansas, so it kinda makes sense, right? But, uh, yeah, there's only a few timber spots, if even any, in southwest Louisiana. Is Louisiana sticking with all three of you for the rest of your guys' life? Or are you guys are just kind of open to anything that may happen with, uh, like, relocating yourselves? That's a, that's a great question, and it's one we've kind of been asking ourselves lately. We love Louisiana so much, and honestly... At the moment, I couldn't imagine being any further away from my place in Gaylon than I am now. But that's not to say there aren't benefits to being in other areas of the country, you know, specifically Texas for possibly tax purposes, but uh, also just in, in general talent and in, in hiring people. So we're going to grow this in Louisiana for as long as it's sustainable. And, you know, the investor market in Louisiana is very strong. We have very strong connections in Louisiana. So I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon, but we're not opposed, I right. guess. Right. And I, I wasn't asking it to make you move to South Dakota or nothing. Cough, cough. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But no, it's just like, it's it's if it ever like came to a mind and it's like, it's just a conversation starter in a sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, we definitely love Texas as a whole. Um, you know, I mean, one would argue I'm close enough in Lake Charles anyway. I'm 20, uh, 20 minutes from Texas anyway. I guess that's where my accent comes from or non-accent. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it before. You know, we, we've talked about Dallas. We've talked about Nashville even. Um, so, you know, everything's kind of up in the air. It's more brainstorming and just fun conversation at this point. Right. And do you guys like have an office for Mallard Bay yet? Or it's just like it hasn't gotten to like that point with no disrespect, I guess. We're, we're in our office right now and we have outgrown this office very quickly <laughs> and we're waiting. We should be in a bigger office in, in March. I'm surrounded by hoodies and different things that we have. Hey, I'll take and, some of the hoodies off your hand if you need to. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. We're, hey, we're coming up with some white ones that are going to be really nice. Um, white ones will, seem to sell fast and that's why when I do my next um, like drop or whatever for Geez, apparel, I'm bringing out white sweatshirts because I had enough people talk about or ask about them. Yeah, it's white. White is definitely the way to go. And and we we actually order a very specific hoodie that we like. Um, and and it, it almost sells itself once one person has that specific hoodie, you know, aside from just the logo on it or anything. It's just a good hoodie. Awesome. Hey. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been like literally a blast hearing like even myself. That's why like the questions that I was asking were like so in depth is because like I had so many questions about Mallard Bay in itself and it was great talking to all three of you boys at once. 
Um, nobody really stepped on each other or nothing. So that was a good partial of it. Um, look forward to coming down to Louisiana and doing business with you guys as well. So I look forward to the rest of this year and hopefully everything goes very great for you guys at Mallard Bay. Yeah. Thanks Levi for having us. And, and we really appreciate it and are looking forward to our partnership and sponsorship with you and in the podcast and, you know, I think we're we're all pretty good friends at this point. So let's just keep it up. For sure. Um, like I said, thank you guys so much, and see you guys soon on the other side. Appreciate Bye. it, Levi. Take care.